0: Y'all, Cleo's doing an amazing job with this. Follow her. Thank you, Cleo.
1: Hey, this is Cleo with CleoyogaFinance.com. And welcome back for another episode of Financially Free with Cleo a show where we shift mindsets with real and raw money conversations with everyday people, empowering you to take action, appreciate the journey and live the lifestyle you desire financially, mentally, and physically. And today we have a special guest. He is the co-owner of a real estate company in Nashville, Tennessee, the Barclay and Hodges group, who is well known for its vast knowledge and experience in design, renovation, and new construction. Whether you're an experienced real estate investor or a first-time buyer, he can help you find the property of your dreams. With his degree and past experience in accounting, he understands that the vast majority of people, the purchase of sale of a home is their largest single investment. His goal is to guide you successfully and easily through the contractual investment and emotional decisions involved in the real estate process. He is also a longtime friend of mine. We go way back to high school. So (laughs) I'm super excited for you to be here. So welcome to the show, Ron Hodges. How are you today?
0: I'm doing wonderful. And thank you, Cleo, so much for inviting me on your show. Um, I've been waiting to do this for a while now, so thank you again for allowing me to be part of your audience, and hey, guys, I'm here to answer any questions.
1: Yes, yes, we've been trying to get this done for a long time, so this is long overdue, so I'm excited to share, uh, for you to share your story and share what you're doing nowadays, so we can just go ahead and jump on in there. So as you know, and everyone out there listening knows I like to start with our childhood first. So just share with us, you know, about your childhood, how you grew up and how you first learned about money.
0: Wow, that is a nice question, Cleo. And it's long. <laughs> I know. Uh, so I, will you, I guess going back to my childhood. Um, money it it would always come up but it more so came up in the form of credit and my mom she instilled it in us me and my sisters that without credit you can't really buy much or anything so one thing she did teach us was make sure you pay your bills on time and this started early because my mom she always had a1 credit so just knowing that and like i would see my mom like anytime we want to go somewhere or she wanted to do something she would just say or she wanted to go get a new car, she will just like, well, I know I got A1 credit. I can go get whatever I want. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that that she would go do that and just like overextend herself with credit. Like mm-hmm. my mom's, like she instilled in us, don't overextend your credit lines, like keeping in good balance because at the end of the day, credit cards, they have a very, very high interest rate. They can have a high interest rate and they can... Take, take people under. Like a lot of people are in huge credit cards debt because the interest is so large on them. But that, that's my childhood, how we grew up. Like, I, I guess I would say it was middle-class family or whatnot that I come from. Like we grew up originally in Florida um, and then we transitioned to Tennessee back in 96. And mom worked two jobs to get us through to support Me and my sisters come from a single family home. So between that and her managing her credit that way, she got us through and then I ended up getting a full size, full full, uh, ride to college. So I didn't really have to take out much student loan debt. I ended up taking out about, I would say about $10,000 in student loan debt. and, And that's already paid off, so. Yeah. Just, I guess more so, my lifestyle has just been learning more and more about financing and how can I better grow my assets? And, you know, and it's all about what I've learned in this short amount of time on earth (laughs) is if you don't know, partner with people that can help you get to where you want to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And I say that to say like, even in my real estate business, I didn't know everything starting, out the way, starting off. Um, my business partner, she's been in the business now for 20 years. Um, her name is Sally Barkley. But one thing I will say about Sally, Sally is smart as a whip when it comes to teaching others about how you can grow your portfolio in the real estate market. Like, she'll tell me stuff. I'll be like, man, I'll believe this. And then I was like, I will watch her though, but and you know what happened? She would, what that advice she gave me, she would actually go and do it. And then I would see it pay off her. And I was like, all right, I am like getting behind. Like, what am I doing in my life? So I'll be honest, like the house I'm in now, I live out. Um, she was like, go buy in that area.
1: Mm.
0: Like Again, we're both real estate agents, but she was like, I- I'm saying this to say she had already invested in the area well before I was ready to buy again. And she was like, you know what? This is going to be the newest and hottest area. This is well before I even started thinking about this area where I'm living now. And again, smart decisions. Because guess what? The soccer stadium is going up now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it started called, it's called getting equity in this place. So again, sometimes it's all about surrounding yourself with the right people that can help you get to where you want to be.
1: Yes. I'm glad you shared that. Cause I think that's a reminder for all of us that we don't have to do this or figure it out alone and we could progress much faster and in better ways. Like you said, if you partner with people that can help you, you know, elevate your financial lifestyle. And when you talked about your mom, you know, having a one credit, like When I was a kid, I didn't know anything about any type of credit, (laughs) but it is good that she taught you about, you know, like what credit is and, you know, how to use it to work for you and not necessarily against you. And I know you mentioned the credit card debt. Yeah, a lot of us can get spiraled out of control, like with the credit cards, but I'm glad that there are people out there that can teach you how to use it in a way that it could help you versus putting you further into debt, you know? Exactly, and
0: I was gonna say, I'm not saying that I've never come to the fact that I've like overextended my credit, because let's be honest, we all are young at one time. And when I first graduated college, oh my gosh, I lived the lifestyle of the now influencer. Like, I feel like that was my lifestyle. everything was on credit for okay. the most part, horrible decisions. <laughs> I knew better. Listen, I freaking knew better. But again, we live, we learn. And we just like, why the world did I do this? i racked up so much credit card debt, but I've paid the majority of all that credit card debt off. And so yeah. now I'm in a better place, but it just goes to say, we all going to live and learn, but in the, the day, take heed from people that know better.
1: <laughs> yes pay attention to those lessons learned so like with the credit card debt do you feel that that was one of your biggest like lessons learned when it comes to money or is it some another experience that you that you have that you feel is your biggest lesson learned when it comes to handling money
0: so I would say uh one of, credit card debt was a good lesson I, I I'm not gonna say it's my most my top one but it's up there is because when I graduated college, I would go out. This would be my work schedule. I would go to work Sunday through no. I would go to work Sunday through Friday, Sunday through Thursday. That would be my work schedule. Go to work Sunday through Thursday. I party Wednesday through Sunday, Wednesday to Saturday night. So and then I had to get up early in the morning to go to work on Sunday. Like, and honestly, I would go out on Sundays too. So let's just be honest. I would go, I would my start a party was Wednesday (laughs) to Sunday every week. And I'll be honest, I was making like thirty thousand dollars when I first graduated college. Yeah, money. I cannot afford my lifestyle going out every day.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's not a lot at all. Even back then. It wasn't like, now we think about 30,000, we're like, ooh, you know. But even back then, it really wasn't a lot. So you're right, a lot of us was using, you know, debt to, you know, fund different things that we were doing at the time.
0: And that's from like traveling, partying mostly, drinking and partying. I'm not even gonna lie, like, if you knew me when I graduated, you knew I was in the streets 24 (laughs) seven. I've slowed down a little. But you would know, like, Wednesday, me and my friend, we would go work out, hit the streets every day, Wednesday to Sunday, every week. And so I would say that has helped me a lot, like, do slow down, number one. Number two, I would say, another one was, one thing I wished I would have done, and sometimes, you know how you, like, I wanna do something like at one time I wanted to form an investment group. I wish I would've done it. Everything I was trying to buy up was doing the recession. Mm-hmm. And guess what, everything is taken off. That's one of my regrets, but hey, it is what it is. And part of it is, and I'll say this, I was forming an investment groups for me and my friends. So that way we all can make some money together. I knew it would be a great thing, but this is, I guess the number one lesson I've learned is, and You asked me what's the top one? So it kind of goes into the top one is, you cannot wait on other people to make a decision. If you you continue to wait around for other people, you're gonna lose out. And I say that to say, I've lost out on several, I mean, like I could be sitting really pretty right now, but I've lost out on so many like I've lost out on so many opportunities from waiting on other people that I'm supposed to be doing business with if that makes sense. So one thing I've learned is if you want it, go do it. If you can't if the people that you're trying to do business with are not about going to do it right then when it's time to get it going, they may not be the people that you need to be in business with.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: may need to go find more like-minded people to be in business with to make your dreams come true like that is my number one thing i've learned over this whole entire course yeah. of life that's what i'm gonna call it, the course of life that is the number one thing i've learned is you cannot wait on other people
1: yeah if you want to
0: go get it otherwise you're gonna be in the same predicament you already in. <laughs> yeah
1: i feel you on that because i think you know, naturally, you know, we want to, of course, you know, connect with other people, whether it's people that we've been knowing or new people that we've met, we want to, you know, do deals together, you know, we can elevate together, but you're right. Sometimes they not, they they may not be ready or they may not be as serious or, you know, together. So I guess, you know, if you need to do it by yourself, or like you said, find some other like-minded people who are down for continuing to elevate make a move right now versus waiting um but i agree with that too i think that's something i'm continuously reminding myself of is that yeah it's cool to have people in on it to do it with you but whoever you started with may not be the people that you
0: that you finish with
1: work with or finish with yeah and you don't want to be five years later or 10 years later, like, dang, I should have. No. Going forward, if I want to <laughs> do something, if you down with it, cool. If not, OK, I'll I'll hit you up another time, or we can re, you know reconnect at another time to see if we can work together later. But hey, it may not be a later, so you might want to jump on this now.
0: <laughs> yeah, what you said, because like, I'll be honest. Like, I've had the instance where me and some friends were going to buy some property together in North Nashville. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't follow through. We didn't follow through and keep that plan. Who could have got property for like 20000 dollars back in the day? Now I sell in that area. Everything is over four hundred thousand. A lot of a piece of land where where a house is that you can just tear down gonna cost you two hundred plus mm.
1: just
0: for the land. <laughs> We could have had something for twenty thousand dollars back in the day, but again,
1: yeah. way
0: on friends and partnerships to matriculate into something—that it was just a dream. Again, it's only a dream. It's still a dream until you put some action and some work behind it. So until you do that, it's just a dream.
1: Yeah. So do you feel like whenever you do, you know, continue to like move forward and like make your decisions and moves? do you ha- have you had any people that came back and say hey you know they see you continuing to make moves in your life and they come back and say hey let's let's work together for real this time let's let's find another deal uh yes
0: yeah. so i get that all the time like some of my friends we hell even to this day we still like we gonna do something together but deep down you know y'all probably not gonna do anything <laughs> so i'll just leave it at that like you still want to like at the end of the day and i think over time what happens is relationships they just mature and you either move like sometimes you just have moved past that part of the relationship and you're just like i think it may be best that we just stay friends until i see that we both were putting forth the same amount of effort into making something happen.
1: i feel you on that because sometimes when you try to do certain deals or just have certain opportunities with people and they end up not coming through and then they later they see they see you still like flourishing or making moves and they reach back out later like hey you know like can we connect and do this but it's like by then you may not really you know take them as serious and you may not want to waste your time either so I think it is good to be like selective with people that you do business with too and just because somebody being your your friend since childhood or, you know, or just somebody close to you may not always mean that y'all meant to do like business together either. So I think that's something to think about too. I will wholeheartedly
0: agree with that. And the other part that comes to that is let's just think about it when you're doing deals with friends, you both got to be on the same page as if, Hey, we're investing in this. Yeah. We may lose money. How do you feel about losing money? So I think a lot of these conversations have to be up front you know um just like with our new with my newest venture with brunch and boats Mm uh me and my business partner on that like we both we talked it out up front like hey man we have an opportunity to have people out in the water like have them have a good time but what are the pros and cons of this like what could happen like we have to get a boat like the boat can break down like we have to be able to budget all this stuff up front. And then let's just say sometimes, if you don't have those upfront talks and you just think, oh, this is gonna be a hot thing. And you didn't really think the process all the way through. And then you just start hemorrhaging money. And you may know that there's probably gonna hemorrhage some money up front, but your investor partner may not be on the same wavelength that you may be hemorrhaging they probably going to get pissed off. And next thing you know, y'all mad and y'all not friends anymore because they say you lost them all their money. So that's why I say it's imperative to be, if you're going to invest with someone, do it with a like-minded person or bet your friends out. I would say that if you're going to invest with them. Bet them out because...
1: Bet -bet them out. (laughs) Right. I like that you said, talking about you know, hey, that we could lose money. Like with investing, I think more people are so focused on, oh, we going to put this money in and get this much back in this period of time? But investment, investing is a risk. So we, we might get some gains, but we might lose something. You might lose. You know?
0: and let's talk about it. Like most businesses, they lose the first three years. So you got to be in the mindset that, hey, we're going to lose some money here, folks. <laughs> And if y'all not on that same page, then it's not going to be good. <laughs> right.
1: And I think it, it's like professional and also mature to have those conversations up front. Like you said, instead of having it to where weeks, months or years later and they're like, oh, you lost my money when, hold up, we, we discussed this, that this could be a possibility. So I like that you are mature and professional where you you want to have those conversations, not just the, the fun and easy ones, but the uncomfortable ones. How, you know, how are we going to feel if we lose all our money and it doesn't work out and we got to move on to the next thing? So and I guess, guess
0: what the bill still going to be due, even though you don't lost money, because guess what? If you don't take a loan out on something.
1: Yeah. You gotta pay it, even
0: though you lose some money.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, all it's all about. It's like that's the part of the process, right? You know, it's not just no, you, you put money in and you just get a hundred times of it back and everything goes smooth sometimes it's a bit rocky before you really like see some gains so I'm glad that you like to talk about that stuff up front because I feel like it makes the uh the friendship or the business relationship better too when you know you guys could come to each other and talk about any and everything instead of just kind of tiptoeing around certain like conversations so I think that is cool and And I,
0: you gotta ask the questions like whatever is on your mind like get it out like Another venture that I'm doing is uh, an investment group with some of my frat brothers called Generational Wealth Group of Brothers, and right now we're in the process of starting yes. a um, over-the-road trucking business. And when I tell you this thing is very intense, so we have weekly calls about the just getting started. Like we've got the loan, we but again we're about to have a truck. But no one, the truck won't even be on the road. So you got to talk about all of these expenses that you're going to have, that you're going to be incurring on a monthly basis until you get a driver in there. And again, those are some tough conversations. But again, until you you have to ask as many questions as possible. So that way you feel comfortable and all parties feel comfortable. And again, you can't get mad just because you may not like the answers that may matriculate that. from from the opportunities, but you just have to be, you just gotta know that things may happen that you may not like and be willing to accept that risk whenever you say you're gonna invest.
1: Yes, I love it. It's all about the the journey, the learning process. So I'm glad that you're still continuing to, you know, take advantage of opportunities and learn more about the whole investing world and then investing in different types of things and not just one area too. And I know with investing, you know, that's kind of one of the things, you know, we think about when it comes to being like financially free. So I want to know from you, Ryan, when you think about being financially free, like what does that mean to you?
0: Financially free to me is a combination of things. Um, One is where I have residual income coming in, where like, let's say, for instance, Heaven forbids I can't wake up every day and go sell real estate. That's my, I'll be honest, real estate is my bread and butter. If I can't get out and hit the beat, go sell real estate, then I still have some money to come in and support myself Mm -hmm. and my family. Like at the end of the day, like that's one of the main things too. It means I can still afford my lifestyle to go out and travel because that's my passion. I love to travel. So I would like to still be able to go out and travel. what else yeah but for the most part like as long as I got that in my life I feel like I am good like you got to have some residual because guess what you can get fired tomorrow so Mm -hmm. especially people on jobs, like you can get fired tomorrow and I hate to say this but unemployment only goes so long and so you got to be able to make sure that you You do what you have to do to hedge against the world, (laughs) if that makes sense. (laughs)
1: Yes, it does. And I think, you know, when we think about being financially free, I know we all have these different, you know, thoughts and feelings, but like when you mentioned the residual income, that's a big thing because you know how we used to, you know, you you graduate high school, right? You go to college, get you a good job, be, be stable, financial stability, know it's a good stable job but we all know it don't matter who you work for the government you know corporate america it doesn't matter where you work your job could be gone tomorrow you know whether it's the company shutting down or maybe they feel like somebody is better for your position than you and you kick to the curb and somebody else is in your spot like now we know that nobody is really safe or secure that's why You know, like you said, creating that residual income that way, if one of your income stops or slows down, you won't really be stressed or worried, you know, at all or as much because you know what you'd be like, you know, I I may have lost that job, but you know, what? I got three or four other income streams over here. So, you know, I'll still be good. So I like that you mentioned that residual income. I feel like that's something I wish I would have focused on. Years ago, <laughs> hey, I'm you
0: just know. getting started, so I'm trying to. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to like build that up myself. So, and again, I'm just telling you stuff I've learned along the way. <laughs> and <laughs> right, I would have got started with this a long time ago, is just because I feel like I'm so far behind, even though when I talk to like financial planners and stuff, they're like, you're still young, you're not that far behind, you can catch up. But again, I am behind compared to some of my other counterparts. I am behind.
1: Yes, I feel <laughs> the same way. Like, you know, okay, we're in our 30s. I'm mid-30s. I'm 35. And I still feel like I'm behind because I really didn't get started, you know, really changing my life. to like later <laughs> in my years, when you, like you said, other counterparts, you know, they started certain things at 18 and 20 years old and 21. So Or it's- even before that. Yeah, so it's easy for us to feel real behind, but that is true. I've gotten that too, where people who are um, so I'm 35. So people who are 40, 50, 60, Cleo, you still young. You got plenty of time. And like, okay, yeah, I get it. I'm still young. We got plenty of time. But at the same time, like now that we know the stuff that we know now, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to think like, oh, what if I would have started at 20? Like, how much? money or how much you know further along professionally would I be if I would have started then? but I do also believe in things happening when it's supposed to happen you know there's things that we've learned that I feel like is probably preparing us for these new opportunities that we got now so I try to remind myself not to dwell on like you know it pops up in my mind every now and then like I wish I would have did this but overall I know it's not too late for me to start like learning now. Yeah. And I feel like we're always learning something new. And I say that
0: to say, I'm not saying that I'm trying to dwell on it. And I don't think you're trying to either. But All what right. we're saying is, we're not dwelling on it, but we're taking that as a bit of motivation. You got to take that as motivation to continue to keep doing better.
1: Yes. Am I right? Yes. Key motivation. <laughs> we are motivated to keep pushing through because I know one thing, one thing I told myself is that I didn't want to go back to certain situations i've had in the past now i know you know unexpected things can happen in our lives that could put us in situations temporarily but like when i used to be trifling with my spending habits like not paying my you know bills on like time like not paying my rent and living like the paycheck to paycheck lifestyle like that was like something that i'm like i just cannot be living my life like that and like you mentioned traveling i like to travel too and um, a, part, a person that I met, you know, recently, she mentioned, and I had her as a guest on my podcast before. She mentioned, uh, you know, like part of her self care is like travel therapy. And I told her I hadn't heard those two words put together, and I'm like, that is a, that is like a requirement. You know, how you have to have we have to have certain things in our life. Like traveling is like like I couldn't like not live my life and not travel anywhere. <laughs> so man,
0: what you like? That's how I felt this past year with Corona. Like. I told my fiance, I said, look, it's the end of the year. I have not went anywhere on vacation and I need it. Like this is just part of what I need to stay sane. So we ended up going to Jamaica for like 10 days. And (laughs) when I got back, I was just like, it just created like such a relief. So yes, travel can be therapeutic. It is a must have if you've traveled it's a must have like you just see the world differently i'll say that and i i advise anyone if you have a little money set aside go out and travel the world like you will see how other cultures live like and you just get a whole new on of the world versus what you see on tv because everything that you see on tv is not so
1: Mm-mm. not and, in just
0: the- and look and i'll leave it at that <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Next time. laughs>
0: go see the world people <laughs>
1: get out of your city you. your country you'll i feel like you'll be better all around like personally and professionally so i'm with you on that with the travel um but as far as like your real estate you know business you know how did you decide to get into making that your um career well, your bread and butter as you would say and okay. What do you say?
0: so i can i was actually we were going that way already. So let me just go ahead and back up a little bit when I was talking about the job security. Okay. I'll back up even further. So when I was, I went to school for accounting and finance. I had did internships in high school, starting to do accounting and everything. Then I got to my senior year of college and I realized I do not want to do accounting. But at this point I had gave the school all this money for an accounting degree. So guess what? You're not getting more than 4 years out of me. So that's what I'm going to finish with.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I got my degree and I called up my old um boss from where I used to intern at the Tennis Inn. I was like, "Hey, I've been applying everywhere, still haven't landed something. Can you help me? Like I need a job. Like I just graduated. I need to feel grown. Let's be honest, that's what you want to feel. You want to feel grown. Like yeah, I don't went to school, got my degree. It's time to get out on my own. Like I feel like, a, you know, when you're in college and you living on campus, you grown, right? So you living like you're like, I need to keep that lifestyle up. So I end up getting a job with him. And I worked in accounting for seven years. And I'll be honest, I could do that job in about five minutes. And at the, and at the time, I would just, I would like sit at the computer and I was like, this is such an easy check. What am I doing with my life? And I got ready to buy a house several times. Me and my, at first, my sister and I we were going to buy together. And I don't know what happened we ended up not buying and it was probably for the best thank you uh yeah it was probably for the best because we would probably be at each other's throats and we was fighting over who was gonna get the bigger bedroom already doing the search i was like this is not gonna work how are you fighting?
1: <laughs> already fighting
0: like this is not gonna work fast forward we got ready to buy again with my which is now my business partner mm-hmm. i started looking and then i had the opportunity to move to california for a job so i decided to put that search on hold in reality i should have purchased that house and rented it out that house is well over i was going to get that house for like 169 the house i really really love mm-hmm. house is now well over four hundred thousand dollars. house
1: <sighs>
0: as for come back from living in california rent it for a little while call my now business partner up and say hey i'm ready to buy she said, okay. So she showed us some houses. the house I really wanted. I ended up losing out on it. It was a foreclosure. I ended up losing that on it. And I was like, okay, I'll go back to the other way. It was new construction. Ended up buying it. That was a, It was a good solid investment. I'm not gonna lie, it was a good solid investment. And at the time I told her, I said, you know what? I need a change in employment. Like what I do is so easy to me. Like I can do it in my sleep. Like I know my routine when I get to work every day, I know what I'm gonna do every day. Like it's so mundane, like it's killing me. So she said, if you go ahead and go to school and do everything you need to do to get your license, I will fully train you and help you get started in the business. I said, okay. Again, it goes back to make connecting with the right people to help you get to where you need to be. Like when I go back, like just starting back with the guy that I got my first position with. His name is Joe Hawkins. Like I said, I used to intern with him at the Tennessee, and then he became the. Then he moved over to Series Marine Terminals, where I got my started after college. You gotta work your connections people i'm just gonna be honest you gotta work your connections so fast forward back to sally It's like i'll train you i said okay so i bought the house i said okay i told her first i said before i get into this i want to feel the experience of what it's like buying a house first because i don't want to be a hypocrite and like tell people to buy a house and i don't own the house like i don't think that goes hand in hand i ain't never bought a Piece of property, but I'm gonna sell you one. Like I'm gonna sell you something that I don't even know how to how to process even entails. You know what I mean? So we get through the training, all that good stuff. And I called her up. I said, Hey, I don't went to school. I got my license. I just I need to put my license with a brokerage. She said, okay, I'm gonna call my broker. I started off at Hodges and Fushi Realty. Most people thought I owned it, but we just had the same last name. <laughs> I did. And though, when I tell you that the broker, Jody, like he treated me like family. Like everybody that meets me, typically we become like family. And that's how I treat everybody. We I treat everybody like family because you're a friend, you're a family member. That's how I see <laughs> right. And I forgot what I'm going. so fast. So we go there, and that's how I got my start mm-hmm. from that. That is how I got my real estate start. And then, fast forward a little bit further, like a year later, after I got my license, I had moved over to a different job, a different company. And I first started off of real estate part time, and that was for the first year. And I had moved over to a different company that was paying me more money in to do accounting. And they basically, we had went through some changes in the hierarchy and they decided to hire all their execs and the CFO and the controller in their California office. So guess what? CFO and the controller, they wanted their people close to them. They didn't They didn't ask the Nashville office if we wanted to relocate to Nashville. They just decided to hire all their employees in California and want us to train them. And so they paid us out of severance and all that good stuff. And I said to myself, and I told Kathleen, I said, at that moment, I said, maybe this is the big man's way of trying to tell me to go out and step out on faith.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. at that point, I had had, because I didn't really spend my real estate earnings because I didn't need to.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: spent, let's be honest, I spent a little bit of it, but not most of it. I saved most of my real estate earnings. Then I got the yes, seven. So I had at least about a year's worth of salary saved up in my bank account. And mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to step out on faith and this is my time to go full time. I went full time and even though when I first started out full-time, I would tell my partner, I said, I don't know about this. Like the sales, they still haven't started rolling in. Like what's going on? She was like, I was like, I may need to go back to get me an accounting job because guess what? It felt safe. Mm-hmm. Just because some feel safe does not mean that's what you need to stick with. And I'll tell you this within that year of going severance wise, I had replaced my salary.
1: Mm.
0: and every year after that I've grown it significantly wow so I go to say you just sometimes have to step out right on faith
1: <laughs> yes you sure do like that is like the PSA like forever because just like you said you felt safe in the accounting job because you know how to do it you probably don't even have to think about it you to do it with your eyes closed probably and you know just like you said you just because you know how to do something easily and it's safe or comfortable doesn't mean you're necessarily supposed to keep doing it but i think you know when you mentioned that you would sit at your desk you know probably bored or you know ready to do something else
0: look you can only fake up working for so long <laughs> <laughs> Fake working i know about that <laughs> Sir, you really surfing the internet, like, what am I about to get into? Like, you can only do that for so long.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. That's how I felt when, you know, with insurance, I felt comfortable and safe because, you know, you know, when you're working that job, you you know, when you're getting paid, you know, how much you're going to get paid. It's kind of okay. like a guaranteed check. But when you do something else, it's like, you may not get a check every week or every two weeks like you would with your safe job. So it makes you feel like no you should keep doing it but then when you keep doing it just like you at your desk you realize i cannot d- keep doing this every day like it like i'm sure like think of, if you was doing this for the next accounting for the next 10 years like you probably would go crazy sitting at the
0: crazy.
1: Desk <laughs> for 10 years. but i like the fact that you said just you know take a step of faith and you saw that as a sign you know that job you know Going away and then hiring people in California. It's like you get signs like that. That at the moment you may not think it's a sign, but every, after you start thinking about it a little bit more, you start to realize when your moment is it's, this is the time to start whatever new journey you're trying to start. The time is now. Because there's no perfect time. Like you you'll probably like for me, I know I used to tell myself no, you should have this much saved or you should have this much more experience or you need to have this and that. Like you'll keep going on forever about what you really need. What
0: I tell you, Cleo, go get it. Cause ain't nobody. I remember this day when I told you that I was living in California when I first stepped out on faith cause I was like, I was trying to get out of accounting then and I had moved to California to become like a GM. And I remember you called me that day. You was like, hey, I'm thinking about taking this job. I think it was to Charlotte, wasn't it?
1: Was, I went to Florida first. Oh, yeah, it was
0: to Orlando. That's right. It was to Orlando. He was like, I'm thinking about taking this job, but what are the buts? Like we will, that's like a what if. A but is a what if. And let's be honest, you can what if and butt yourself out of what's really meant for you. This is so true.
1: <laughs> and I had a long list of what-ifs and buts to the point where I say, you know what? I don't know everything and I don't have this all figured out. I've barely got a plan, but you know what? I'm just going to just go ahead and jump out there. And, you know, people can think that I'm, you know, crazy or, you know, and, and, you know, because I have, you know, a daughter, you know, people really criticize things that you do when you got, you know, a child involved. But now that I look back on it, like I have no regrets. Not saying it was always easy, but I'm (laughs) like, wow. It's not going to be easy.
0: This something that you want, it's not going to be easy. Like you got to go. And put in the work. Let's be honest. And most people that are probably judging, they probably are sticking within
1: their comfort zone, and they're not
0: living to their fullest potential.
1: Yes, absolutely. And that's something I think going forward in my life now. Like when I'm when I'm in a position where i like I want to try something new or do take the next step at something. Like I just remind myself, Cleo, you remember when you was going to relocate for the first time and you was like nervous and scared and confused, and then you did it anyway. See how they worked out? So I try to remind myself of stuff like that, that, hey, it's not going to always be easy, but Cleo, do you want to stay stuck in whatever, you know, moment you feel like you're doing now? Like, like do you want to keep, like, you know, thinking, oh, well, what if I would have did it? How would things be now? Like, I don't have time for all of that. Like, look, if uh, I feel insanity. like something- call it sanity. Come on now, let's be honest. Oh, that's, that's true. You would drive yourself crazy. And at this point in my life, I feel like, that's like a waste of time. Like, yeah, you know, when you reach new levels, you'll still have those thoughts that may creep in, make you a little nervous and you may ha- feel a little doubtful about things. But I think nowadays, I'm sure we both, we're, we if we, have those thoughts that creep up. We're quickly, like, we just move right past it. Like, look, we got to push through. We are going to make this work some kind of way. So I, I definitely believe in acknowledging when it's time to take that leap because, I feel like it'll push us, it'll challenge us to do better. I'm sure you've learned a whole lot more and probably, you probably feel like you have a better quality of life too that you're doing something you actually like to do. You know, you all day. <laughs> 100%
0: like it's nothing like saying, okay, I just want to go do this. And you're just like, okay, I am going to do this. Or like, it's called more so it's freedom. Yeah. Freedom to do what you want to do but knowing if I need to make this happen, what I got to go do.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: I'll I'll say that because you at the end of the day, everything does come at a price. You just got to be willing to do what it takes to do the things that you want.
1: That is true. When you said it comes at a price. So when I relocated and moved away, one thing I felt like I was missing out on is like, stuff that my friends was doing back home and family like when y'all have activities and hang out and parties and stuff i'm like i can't always travel back home so i felt like i was missing out but i feel like me taking that step i've learned and grown like in a whole lot of ways so now i feel like now i'm at a position where i have more freedom to travel, you know, to go back home when I need or want to more than I used to, you know, when I first relocated away. So you're right; everything comes at a at a price. Got to give. And Guess take. what? You didn't miss
0: that on much. We was racking up debt, baby. You were not missing that on much. Been <laughs> <laughs> <In a> real. <laughs> racking up look, debt. It, look, you was just missing out on going out to have some drink and rack up some debt. It's okay. You made look. You was doing what you
1: needed to do to get ahead. This is true. That's exactly what I did. And that's what we're going we gonna to keep doing. Every time we elevate to a new level, we're going to keep just, you know, taking those risks that we need to take to, you know, reach the more opportunities that we want. That's what it's all about. So, so thank you so much for sharing back those good gems because I'm being reminded of some things I need to keep at the forefront too. Uh, so when it comes to Real estate you know purchasing or selling homes what's our you know what are a couple of tips, you can share with us on you know things that we can start doing today. If we're wanting to purchase a home or if someone even has a home that they're selling I know that can be different types of advice, but what can we start doing today to get close to our home ownership or selling a home goals
0: great question Cleo. you you know this is what i do on a daily basis so let me go ahead and get down to the nitty gritty (laughs) yes give it to us give it to us and most of the time if people are selling they're probably going to purchase again as well so the main thing is and i say this to say work on your credit pay your bills on time pay your bills on time pay your bills on time no late payments, people, because the banks look at those and no, And people will be surprised that paying your credit card being 30 days plus late, that can affect your score by like 90 points. You're like, what in the world? I only miss one payment and I pay everything else, but it affects your score so drastically. And most people don't realize, there's like, I got this credit card statement, it my credit is a 750, and and it's been saying this for months but they don't realize the bank they don't just look at your fico score they have a whole different type of credit system that is more risk assessment credits how they're looking at it. and they typically most banks or credit agencies when it comes to getting a mortgage they look at your middle score so you have a your high score can be a 770 or yeah. whatever your low score can be a let's just say 580 and your middle score can be a 620 and guess which score they're going off of the 620 oh wow and and even for people that was like i'ma buy a buy something with a friend or with a partner you're only as good as you're only as good as the person that has the least credit it mm. becomes time to purchase. So if you guys are buying, let's say you want to buy a house together,
1: mm-hmm. both your
0: credit scores are pretty good, but your partner may have a middle score of a 620 and the loan that you need to qualify for says you need, and let's say most people, I work with a lot of first-time home buyers, and a lot of first-time homebuyers, they need down payment assistance and in Tennessee for most down payment assistance programs, you need at least a 640 credit score. Mm-hmm. So let's say y'all are and y'all need that income of both parties to qualify for the down payment assistance. If both of y'all don't have a mid-score of at least a 640, you're not getting down payment assistance. Mm-hmm. And it's that simple. Yeah. And so I really say that to say pay your bills on time because they drastically, truly, truly, drastically affect your purchase power Mm. credit is key when it comes to buying a house unless long you are loaded with cash and most people that i know are not loaded with cash yeah and so pay your bills on time another one is don't go in and if you're going to plan to buy a house don't go rack up a lot of debt don't go buy a new car before you're trying to purchase because guess what that's now going to affect your debt to income ratio And if you're trying to go conventional loans, most conventional loans max out with a debt to income ratio of about 45%. And that's included all your debt. Even though your student loans are in deferment, they're included in that DTI. (laughs) (laughs) They count that too, huh? (laughs) They count it like anything that's credit-wise, they would count it. Unless, like, for instance, say you got a car and you're about 10 months out from wrapping up all of the payments on it, then they won't count that. But for most people, that's not the case. Mm. So don't go out and buy new cars before you're trying to purchase because it would drastically affect your credit. And let's be honest, most cars now, people are gonna end up paying about a $500 note. Mm -hmm. And let's say $500, that's a lot of money. And they're looking at it on a monthly basis $500 out of your monthly income, and they're looking at gross, even though you take home less than that. So Mm -hmm. let's be honest, we don't want to get too big five bridges. And I say that to say, when I'm talking to my clients, I always remind them hey, when they're qualifying you, they're qualifying you off of your gross income, and you do not take gross income home. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have like 401ks and everything else that's coming out. Some people even have garnishments coming out of their checks which makes their checks a lot less, especially if you're getting paid every two weeks. And let's say you added credit, a new car note, and some racked up a lot more debt, it would truly, truly affect your DTI. Yeah. And if you're going FHA, they FHA is a little more lenient. They allow up to 50% DTI. Mm-hmm. Okay. But again, 50% of your income is already allocated to debt. And that's on your gross, and you're not taking gross home. You're taking a net
1: income home. Like, mm. why well, it's important to get into these numbers. I see. <laughs> it is so, and I'll just
0: tell you if they, if anybody ever want to run numbers with me, feel free to reach out to me. I'll be more than happy to walk you through that process. But just know, if you're in the process of looking at purchasing, don't go out and buy acquire new debt. Try and pay as much of your debt down as possible. And one thing they don't like to see is late. And again, the bank, let's be honest, the bank is big brother. <laughs> so they don't like to see like late payments or uh, overdrafts either. Overdrafts are, are derogatory when trying to get a mortgage. Mm-hmm. fees
1: so, yeah. Don't want so that.
0: Because they look at that as if, You cannot manage your account well enough to make
1: sure that you can fund yourself. So how are you going to fund the mortgage if you got overdrafts? Yeah, that's a good question. That's some, you know, even, you know, that's something reasonable because if you can't handle what you got going on already, so it's kind of like, how are you going to take on this new property that's going to have, you know, a variety of expenses, you know, attached to it? So. I think nowadays more people are trying to, you know, get things back in order. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, have been affected by the pandemic and the recession and have late payments. And, you know, now a lot of people are trying to fix it now. They're trying to, you know, get back to paying bills on time and increasing their, you know, credit score, credit history. So if someone, you know, did have a period of time, you know, last year where they had those late payments. You know, how long do you feel like they should work on having a positive payment history before the bank would actually look and not like forgive those late payments, but what would be a good period of time to say, hey, we see they had an issue, but now they're back to a good status. So what I would
0: tell you is most banks, they look at about two months worth of bank history. Mm -hmm. So don't be trying to go apply and you know you just had late payments this month and you're like, I'm going to go apply for a loan this month or next month because guess what they're going to see all of that on there but if it gets reported to the credit agency they're going to see it regardless
1: mm-hmm.
0: if it gets reported to the credit agency they run a report like a frauds report and it'll show any and everything that you have out there
1: mm-hmm. and wow. they're
0: big i look at them as big brother so they <laughs> they kind of like know all so that's how i look at them and, yeah. Another thing that I will tell people is to save, because Mm -hmm. right now it's a hot, it's still a seller's market in, in, especially in the Nashville area and across the country as a whole, we have low inventory. So with low inventory comes multiple offers, which means you're not going to get your closing costs paid for the most part. Mm -hmm. And so I would just tell buyers to save as much money as possible.
1: Okay have
0: saved yeah
1: because
0: i know i do have pro i do know lenders that have programs that can do as little as 100 conventional financing with no money down and no pmi but again you have to qualify for those type of programs mm-hmm. or let alone they're in a the low to moderate area which just means one of those areas that's being gentr- gentrified gotcha so okay. um, those are some really good options um, compared to like your FHA financing, but I do a lot of those. But again, if someone has any questions, let me know. And then as far as home sellers, my tips to them would be: take care of your house. <laughs> like, show you know, a little love. Like a little love in the house goes a long way because people can see that you care for the house, so they're willing to pay more money for your house. Mm. Plant new flowers, Plant seasonal flowers out there. Like. Curb appeal is everything. Like, just show some tea, some love. Went into the house. Like, people are willing to pay for it. A lot of people like. I can't tell you how many times people like, can I lowball on this house because it looks, it doesn't look as good as the one that we just seen. Because a lot of times people just don't try and keep up with the house. But the caveat to that is the market we're in. Some people will see the true value that house can have, the true potential, versus there's a lot of people, and I'll be honest, I'm, I kind of fall in that category as well. Like sometimes it's hard to envision the beauty sometimes because I personally don't want to go in there and renovate. Like I may know it, <laughs> but I don't want to personally go in there and start doing the renovations. Like I don't want to do that. Like, I just want to move in and be ready to, like, live my life when I'm moving to a place. But <laughs> even for those homes that need the love, they're going overpriced. Like, I showed a couple of them yesterday, and I was talking to the agent. They already got multiple offers on it. Wow. <laughs> so so all my future buyers in this market, be prepared to pay over, over asking.
1: Mm -hmm. I'll
0: just be in this market especially we we're having multiple offers even in the million dollar plus price range Mm
1: -hmm. and you
0: can only imagine what the under 300,000 is like this one house I showed yesterday had over 13 offers on it wow and did it just go (laughs) on
1: the market it just
0: went on the market had over 13 offers on it
1: so things are going by quick especially if it's a good deal clearly (laughs) (laughs) And I think that is some really useful information because there are people out there trying to sell a home. And like you said, most sellers are probably about to buy a new one. And then people who are first time, you know, home buyers. So if you have someone who's like on the fence, like, you know, you say you want to have a house where you just move in ready. That That's like been my mindset. Like when I buy my house, my mind is like, I don't want to deal with renovations. Like I know I'm not physically doing the work, but When you buy a house and you have to get it renovated, you have to, I guess it depends on, I guess, who you're hiring to do the renovations on how quickly they can get it done. But how do you help a a client decide to buy one that needs renovation, move-in ready or just, um, yeah, either one of those, like if they're torn. So I will tell them
0: this. Number one, you're going to have to have the funds. If you're looking at Just being honest, if you're looking at purchasing something that needs a little TLC. And and when I say, and I don't know when you say renovations, when I say son that need a little work, most of the time when the house needs a little work, it's painting, it's cosmetic stuff. Little painting, pressure washing, like a lot of homes that you just be surprised, like the outside that are vinyl sidings, they are green on the outside because they again. Not taking the extra the extra step of getting a little love into the house. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like a little pressure washing costs you You can go to most companies and get a pressure wash for like $450 to a thousand dollars or whatnot. And you'd just be surprised how that could be a nice return on the house, you know. But as far as like painting, a lot of it is always painting, flooring, updating the kitchen and the bathroom. Okay. And so most of that stuff, you can get it done pretty easily and or you can get it done as you live in there. And honestly, a lot of my clients, I tell them, are you, because again, we're multiple offer situations. So a lot of your funds that you have that are disposable, they're going towards you securing the house. So can you live in this house in the condition that it's in until you're able to get it where you want it? and the answer is yes then i will tell you to go ahead and buy it otherwise more likely you probably need to get something that's already renovated or new construction and guess what you got to pay a premium price regardless regardless you're gonna pay a premium price because we have low inventory yeah <laughs> so you got to be willing to either put money in on the back end or on the front end you ready to pay up either way, huh? <laughs> you be ready to pay. And as far as, but I will say, as far as my sellers that need to get their home ready, we can take care of a lot of that on the front end for them. We've done several things for our sellers this past year was, again, it attributed to one of our big, it attributed to helping us have one of the best years yet. We, the company that we're at now called Compass, we have a service where we're able to offer to any seller compass concierge which that allows for us to help you get your home ready to sell whether that's putting in new floors painting hvac system whatever needs to get the house ready to sell we basically are able to give you an interest-free loan that are that's payable that's due back at closing
1: mm-hmm. and my team
0: will manage the whole project as well
1: mm-hmm. That's and a- so
0: we've done several of these. I can see some before and afters of projects. And when I tell you majority, every, every one of those that we've done, put a little <laughs> love into, we have not only sold, a, like been the highest price for that neighborhood that we've been able to demand from it. And we sell most of those really quick. I'm just going to be honest. Because we know what the market wants. Like, people want stuff that is ready to move in. Like, most people don't want to do work. They want something that is like, okay, yeah, let me go drop my stuff off. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> Those, I'll just say that to any sellers called Compass Concierge. Like, it is an excellent program. And we use it for all our sellers for the most part, whether mm-hmm. that's to cover staging. You name it. We can do it. Mm -hmm. Getting lights, fixtures, redoing the kitchen, bathroom. We can do it. Like my business partner, her background is design and stuff like that. So I'll be honest. I turn you over to my business partner and she like put her (laughs) holy magic on it. And I just come through and help manage the project and help you just get ready for a listing like we've done several of those i can see you some links to some of our before and afters like one project that we done was in uh franklin mm-hmm. it was to this family the house they had a renter the house caught fire the renter set the house on fire insurance they want to pay we were able to get about one hundred twenty thousand dollars from compass to re- totally renovate the house, and they gave us another. I think the total budget of that house renovation was one thirty-five. They were looking at before losing money if there was to sell the house in the condition that it was in right then. So now they've already walked away and bought a new house. They just closed here recently. We sold their house last year. Yeah, and that thing we ended up getting multiple offers on it, and it sold. Well, over asking as well, but it was in Franklin. I can send you a link to that one. It was 1070, was it 1072 Stonebridge Park Drive? Really great.
1: Yes, yes. Send me that. I'd love to check it out because it's like just learning more about the home buying process and even learning about, you know, on the seller side. I think that just helps. Us, whether for first time home buyer or we've purchased homes before, I just think the more information it helps us makes the best decision. So, thank you so much for sharing those details with us. That way, we can start working on some things today. You're welcome. And then, one more thing I will
0: say, and even for buyers that buy homes, let's say they do have the money on the back end, mm-hmm. um, we are able to help them out as well. We've done that for clients as well. Like, okay. like my business partner, we mostly only do that for clients say so They need their house done because, again, it's about giving back to the people that give to us. Um, we have gone in and they've purchased, like, I'm ready to bring this house to life like you just had my last house before I sold it. Like, I want that in my new house. So we'll go in there and help redo their whole new house.
1: <laughs> You'll decorate the new house. Yeah, we'll help them do that as well. Oh, yeah. Because sometimes that's that's like a whole nother set of jobs, just getting moved in, situated. So you can, you know, be comfortable in your new house because sometimes people still, you know, they move in, but, you know, they still got to work and do all these things. So it can be a lot to get situated in a new house. So any help, I'm sure it's worth it, worth it.
0: Yeah. And just know that most renovations typically will take anywhere from six to 12 weeks depending mm. on how in-depth the renovation is someone we can get done a lot sooner but it just really depends on what all you're wanting done.
1: yeah thanks for sharing that because i think more people are learning more about you know how to buy their first property or their next property so i feel like getting some good quality professional advice on things they can start doing uh, now or just getting confirmation that they're already on the right track to be able to buy, so I love it, and I have some reminders myself because <laughs> that's a goal on my list too. So hey like, I'm trying to get you to buy. I'm ready for you to buy right here in Nashville, Cleo. Come on, I got. I my- know. You know what? I've been going back and forth about okay, should I get it in Nashville or in here in Dallas Fort Worth where I'm at? But the only thing that's really keeping me here in Dallas is because my daughter Destiny is still in high school, but she graduated in May, so nothing's like really keeping me here but I think I want to do it in my hometown you know where I'm from so the good thing is that I already got my real estate agent I don't even have to you find one, you to one. About that. <laughs> that part is checked off my list I don't even have to find me nobody helped me I already know a professional they got my best interest at <laughs> right, heart so so I am so excited for that process so we just want to learn a little bit more about you. So I'm going to just ask you a few questions and you just tell me what it is. So it's just some fun facts about Ron. So the first one is, what is your favorite food? I ain't going to lie. I'm a fatty. I love
0: I love a good burger. I love a good pizza. Like all of the bad stuff is what I like. But most importantly, you know what I really like? I like grilled food. Barbecue food is like my go-to, especially some yeah. good brisket. Mhm. Yeah. Preferably my all-time top is a good steak, and that is a ribeye or porterhouse. That's medium rare. That's the way to go. Medium
1: rare. You know, when you said steak, this gave me a flashback. <laughs> So years ago, y'all, we had this ca- uh, this cabin trip. We was at went to the cabins in Tennessee, East Tennessee. I really don't remember what city we were in, but just we were- of us as friends, we went to some cabins. And you, you Andre, I don't know if it was just you or y'all two, or did you do the, Did you cook them? I know I didn't cook them. I but did. The steaks was fine, and we was just eating steaks. Like I didn't even need no. Nothing else with the steak. You would eat that
0: steak like chips.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was so good. And I don't eat steak as much as I used to. It's been a while since I've had a a steak. But when you said you like steak, that immediately popped up in my mind how we was eating them steaks. I don't don't even know how many steaks we made that day. I just know we ate a lot.
0: (laughs) We ate a lot of steaks. Because how many of,
1: I think it was about, wasn't it about
0: 10 of us that went on that trip, if that? yeah uh-huh but we went to sam's and racked up on a bunch of food and we just brought it back to the cabin and cooked out a lot of food
1: when well, you you know some good-, food that's good when you don't need no extra sides with it or nothing you can just <laughs> eat it straight no extra sauces or nothing just eat it straight <laughs> so i that was just a good a fun memory that just popped up in my head when you said hey we need to do that again though Yes, most definitely. I actually, uh, someone that I follow had put a, um, shared a link in their Instagram story of this um, Airbnb, but it was in Atlanta. So I'm gonna send it to you so you can just check it out, but hey, it can be wherever. So (laughs) I'm definitely down for that. Uh, So next is, what is your favorite season, spring, winter, summer, fall?
0: So I will tell you it's fall. I mean, uh, summer, but I think I'm becoming more of a fall person. I think so. I'm not really liking winter much at all because I don't, and I'm not really liking spring as much because it's so much rain. <laughs> <laughs> and even in the winters in Nashville, it's just like becoming so much rain in the, the gray skies. I'm not liking it. But I am a summer fall person, if that makes
1: sense. Mm-hmm. I so would I that
0: Fall, I think is becoming more so, my friend, because the temperature is like almost tropical.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. I love summer. I like the heat. Uh, it's definitely different in Texas with the summer and the heats. but I do agree with you with the fall. It's like, you know, you kind of easing into the cooler. I always hated w- uh, winter because I don't like to be freezing cold. I can't stand it. It's hard to get me out the house in the winter unless I have to, but Yes, I'm all for the summer vibes and the false tropical vibes too. So I'm down with that. The older I get, the worse I hate the cold. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> what, did it, what is it about that? Like the older we get, I feel the same way. Like when I was younger, I could tolerate it more, you know, because we used to be out uh, in the streets hanging out. And now it's like, I don't even want to go to the grocery store <laughs> if it's too cold. Like, man, I got to go show houses
0: in the cold now. Oh, Lord.
1: See, your job. so you got to be outside in the elements no matter what. I, I guess unless it's lightning or something, and I'm sure. No, we be still be out
0: there. we still out there.
1: Really? So rain or shine, huh? Rain, shine, snow, sleet,
0: whatever. We might be out there on the road showing the houses. <laughs> <laughs> got to get it done, huh? Don't matter what right the weather sir. People Came still up. need places to live, so you cannot stop doing business because the weather. That's true. I that makes more sense when you put it that way. <laughs> it's e- I'll say this, even after the tornadoes in Nashville, mm. I was out showing probably like the next day or two.
1: Wow. I did not know that.
0: And some of them were in the areas that got that were damaged from the tornado. Mm.
1: Wow. So, and that was February last year, right?
0: No, that was March of last year. Okay. March, I think it was March sixth to be exact. Mm, yeah. I and think hit right afterwards.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think those tornadoes, I think, like I remember hearing about that, you know, but I I don't think I guess nobody expected it to be what it did. Cause I know, I know I did because I was
0: laying we I was watching TV that night. And I was on the couch watching TV. I noticed, I was like, darn, it's getting dark outside. And then I kept seeing this flashing light. I thought it was I thought it was lightning. I was like, let me let my dogs out real quick. Let my dogs out. My mom calls me. She was like, man, the tor- did you see the tornadoes, The though? Tornado I was like, no, what are you talking about? Uh, I turned on the news and I saw, I said, oh my gosh, this devastation is horrible. And then mm-hmm. I ended up volunteering to go help clean it up. Yeah, and then was back out showing in the same areas as well.
1: Got to get right back to work, huh? Yeah,
0: got to get it done.
1: Never stop. Yeah, never stop. All right, so next one is the traveling. So we know you love to travel. No, I love travel. (laughs) Yeah. So, what is your favorite place that you've traveled to, and what's a place you haven't been to yet that you're looking forward to visiting? All right, those are some great
0: questions because <laughs> I'll say this I have several favorite destinations but I would say it I did a tour like of Italy like from Rome down to Sorrento like a am coast tour that I did mm-hmm. and I would say that was 2019 I did that in 2019 mm-hmm. and I would say that's probably been the best trip I've taken thus far and the reason most of the time when I go to par, go to travel is to party like turn up like have a really great time but I would say that was the probably the most culturally enriching vacation I've ever been on mm. and I think that's what made it even more special
1: mm-hmm.
0: like just when I tell you, you like and you're seeing these massive Buildings like the Colosseum, that like this stuff was erected before Christ, mm-hmm. and you're like, and part of it is still standing, and then you see the magnitude of this building. Like at one time was like all marble, wow. and you can still see some of the marble step, marble benches in the Colosseum that haven't decayed as of yet, like. Mm -hmm. and you just see the whole magnitude of the building and and then you can see like where the walls had plaster on them at one time from Mm -hmm. the engravings and stuff and then you go to other buildings like the aqueduct and you just see like all of this like i mean it just it's out and like like i said it's culturally enriching like it was one of the best vacations i've ever been on and Mm -hmm. besides that like another great vacation i've been on Mm -hmm. was when i did my like my european tour i went to I started off in Germany, then I went to the Netherlands, then I ended in France. Like that was a crazy trip that I took with my cousin. Like he was stationed in um, Germany and Mm -hmm. it was his last hoorah there. So I just went and like, we went for Oktoberfest and started off at Oktoberfest and that was a hell of a trip. Like Mm -hmm. both of them were great. Like I realized the nightclubs in France in That was in Paris. So they, the nightclubs in Paris, they open up at like midnight and they go wow. to like six in the morning. <laughs> it couldn't speak wow. in French, but I had my Google Translator and got everything I needed. I had such an amazing time. Those are yeah. some of my top, top trips. But the trip that I'm looking forward to the most, I was supposed to do last year for my 35th. I was supposed to go to... Uh, to Africa, yeah. and I was gonna hit a few places there, starting in South Africa. I wanna do like a a safari and then go. I did like the ancestor DNA test, and I was gonna try and hit up some of the countries off of there, like Ghana. Like, I was gonna try and go ahead and apply for my um, citizenship to Ghana since they're opening up where we can get that.
1: Yeah. And yeah.
0: So I am still looking forward to that trip. Oh,
1: that'll be cool. See? It's like, it's like, it's like, now you have to like make up for not being able to kind of like travel (laughs) all this time. And even though I know there's still like limitations with certain like activities, you could probably do certain places, but, and I know um, one thing that I've noticed, like when people travel nowadays and they post it, you know, you'll have people say, why are you traveling? We're still in a pandemic. But it's like, at this point, you're not safe at home. So it's just kind of (laughs) like...
0: And and to speak on that, Cleo, like like I said, we went to Jamaica this past year at the end of de- at the end of December. And when I tell you, honestly, I felt safer there as far as pandemic-wise, I felt safer there than I do in, in Tennessee, because they they took their restrictions more serious. I should say that. They took their restrictions a lot more serious. Um, like they had an actual curfew at 7 o'clock. They had to be off the streets by 7, otherwise they'd be in a fine and going to
1: jail. Wow. You know what? I've seen a lot of memes that talk about America, United States of America, compared to other countries, and people think other countries think we take it as a joke. We don't take it as serious because that is true. Other countries, other places do have more restrictions where they still allowing you to, do things, you know, live your life, but like the restrictions, you would say. I do have someone that I follow that went to Jamaica, and they said that they had to take, uh, well, take a COVID test before they went. Yeah, but you also do have to take more when they got there if they were trying to go to different um, places. Awesome.
0: Yeah, like they, like when you, you have to I already have taken a COVID test within the. I think it was when I went; it was last ten days, and mm-hmm. then it. If- as you're getting off the plane, they have people scanning you for your temperature to make sure that you don't have any kind of symptoms like a fever or anything. If you do, you get sent right over to the sideline to be COVID tested again.
1: Oh wow! Hey, oh, funny, and-
0: huh? <laughs> no, they're not playing, and so like, like my fiance she has asthma, and she was like, "I'm actually," because she was actually scared about going on the trip, and she was like, "You know what? I actually." I'm glad I went on the trip because I feel a lot. Of, I felt safer <laughs> than I went. Like it wasn't as what I thought the news had been saying. I should say that. Now I say that not to say that they don't have COVID, right? But I just feel like they were taking it a lot more serious. I should say that.
1: Yeah, and that's important when traveling. You want to make sure you can. You know, still have a good time, but also make sure you go into a place that, you know, takes people's health seriously. So I'm glad exactly. you guys went to a place where you still had a good time, but they was taking care of people by making sure everybody's cool.
0: And even the resorts, they were taking everything serious too. So yeah. mm-hmm. kudos to them.
1: Yeah, most definitely. All right. So what's one thing you like to do that that makes you happy and you excited to do, but it doesn't involve working and making money. Clear, well, yeah, that's travel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought about that as I asked the question. I said, I think you're probably going to say traveling because we discussed this already, that he loves traveling. So I'm sure when you ain't working, you're trying to get on a flight or a boat or something, so to go somewhere. Like typically in this
0: past year, it was hard on me. I'm not going to lie yeah and, and i'll say this because again it's one of my passions like i really love traveling and last year like typically i'll probably go somewhere at least six seven times a year
1: yeah
0: and last year I only, we only i didn't couldn't really go many places so we only so i went to jamaica so i extended that for like 10 days or whatnot but
1: mm-hmm. yeah well, that's cool. We, we're going to get these traveling in, you know, more than last year. Or so we got to get our travel therapy. We got to say that our travel therapy self-care is self-care. It's required. <laughs> right. All right. So next here is $500,000. So I want to know if you had $500,000 right now, what's the first three things that you would do right now? No judgment. I have
0: $500,000 right now. First, I'm going to go pay off the rest of my debt. <laughs> Get then, it done. Then the rest, then I'm going to save the rest. And then I'll throw some more back into some investing. investing. That's what I would do with it.
1: Yeah, getting straight to
0: work. <laughs> least, once you're debt free, then all your income is basic liquid assets. Like, mm-hmm. you just do whatever you want, then.
1: Yeah. Have full power. More freedom to do more of the things that you really want to do. Exactly. So next, we're gonna move on to the financial affirmations. So <laughs> I've already shuffled them. I'm gonna shuffle them one more time. Well, what? you know you look clumsy with your shuffling. So. I know you. See, <laughs> you see, how I'm down trying to get them all together. So. <laughs> I don't need to be dropping deck of cards here, looking crazy. Well, we know you're good at
0: that. You know,
1: I've gotten better over the years, you know. Well, I can't wait to see. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I'm going to pull a card and I'm going to read that financial affirmation. And I want you to just tell me how it makes you feel or how it relates to your own personal or professional journey. All right. So I have here, I ask for help when I need it.
0: Oh, that's easy. <laughs> Anytime. I, I, I feel like I kind of covered this throughout your throughout yeah. broadcast. And you can, that's my whole life. Like, I've never been afraid to ask for help. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like, I can go back to when I first started interviewing at the tennis, when I first took on the internship at the tennis Inn. And that was in that that was through high school and I was in the academy of finance program and you were, too. And you knew that like that program. And I hate to say this, but that program it I wasn't supposed to go back. I wasn't supposed to go back like I was only supposed to have that one year of internship. But between me working hard to prove myself and them liking what I was producing. I would just call back and say, hey, do you mind if I come back?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they said, no, not at all. We want you every year. <laughs> and, and I hate that another, I hate that another student didn't get the opportunity to come to the Tennessean, but it allowed me to form connections to better myself. And then with that, I realized and with that, I realized. No, never not ask for help mm-hmm. and so like like i said when i graduated college i was still going i was still working there until i graduated college like did i go and travel during the summertime and stuff like that no i worked at the tennessee Inn every summer like i came home to work mm-hmm. and so by the time I graduated, I just called them up and said, hey, I need some help. Can you help me get a job? <laughs>
1: Guess what? I got a job. Right. Got to ask, right? Gotta just ask. like you mentioned before, it's kind of crazy how I picked this car for you randomly. And I immediately thought about what you said at the beginning of the conversation about, you know, connecting with people, you know, that can help you elevate and that you got to open up your mouth and ask for help. And that's something that I struggle with because I felt like I just need to figure it out because I'm an adult. I'm a parent. I should be able to figure this out and, you know, get stuff done, find my own opportunities. But as I get older and like give more experience and opportunities, I realize everybody is asking for help. Everybody needs help at different levels of their lives. So we shouldn't be ashamed of it embarrassed about it you know some people are going to be glad to help you some people you may come across someone that not interested in helping you and that's fine because when they're people,
0: not meant for you anyway
1: yes <laughs> that's true if one person that person might not want to help you but there's like two three four five other people that will be glad to help you with whatever you need so just think about that that there's somebody out there that's going to be for you and just like you said if they don't they ain't for you and that's cool move on to the next <laughs> you can get mad that they don't want
0: to help you though because, that's- again, that may not be their personality to be a giver that can help you with knowledge that, that may not be who that's- they really are so yeah. you can't get mad at them, and and I know people sometimes we we as people because at the end of the day we're human, we get yeah. pissed off. But at the end of the day, you can't get mad at them because they didn't do what you wanted them to do in that moment. Yeah, They're not true. the right person for you.
1: That's true. You're right about that, and I think it's um, healthy not to get upset either because like everything isn't for everybody i mean i've I've been asked to do things that i either can't do or just not interested in doing like i feel like somebody probably be a better fit to help you with that than me so i definitely understand the power of finding like the right person to help you you know at the right time so i love it and your personalities may not even be good for each other let's be honest Mm -hmm. that's a good one too Sometimes personalities clash where it might be in your best interest not to work together or get help from a certain person on something so and, like, and I use
0: that in my business to this day, like me and my business partner like if, if we feel that one of us may be better suited for a different person, we'll just like, "Hey, you work with this person and, I, and I'll take over the other stuff that we got going on, and we just help balance each other out. and I just think that is key into like success in anything.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Ugh, I love it. So, last question here for you, Ryan. So, when it comes to giving advice, you know, sometimes we're asked, you know, what advice would we give to our younger self? But I want to know what advice would you give to yourself right now in this moment? Not to my younger self, because I got no. Nope, not my younger. younger self. What would you? What advice would you give yourself? today right now this could be uh any type of financial or life advice in general like what advice would you give to yourself today
0: never stop learning Mm. never stop asking questions because I feel like that's how most people learn is by asking questions I know personally I have to ask the question that I have to like put myself in the environment to do it because if I don't I will it won't like stick to me so for me like that's one thing I feel like I have to keep telling myself is don't stop learning. So I always keep trying to surround myself with people that I feel like know more than me. Cause it, it let's be honest, it's not going to do you any good to be the smartest person in the room. Right. If you're the smartest person in the room, who are you going to learn from?
1: This is true. We don't want to stay stuck. <laughs> and like, I
0: know like people all over, they always say, and just in the industry that I'm in, um, people always say I'm hiring a coach. I got a mentor, like I have a mentor. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm not gonna say I'm the smartest cookie in the room. I'm always trying to learn more. So that's that's my advice to myself: continue to keep trying to learn more.
1: Yes, I love it. I'm on on that same wave. I always gotta be learning and opening to receive new information, so we can continue to elevate, right? Exactly. Yes, so I love it. So I have totally enjoyed this conversation, Ron. Always. Long overdue. (laughs) We'll say that again, long
0: overdue. No, just wait. And I I just want to say this to you. My apologies for having to keep rescheduling, but you know how the real estate market is. It is bonkers. And now I had this time this morning. And once I get off this call, I got to prepare for another meeting that I have to go in sell some houses but right i just want to say thank you for allowing me to be part of the show and hopefully you and i can have our own talk show one day or something because we gotta get chemistry on this on this thing right here i'm just saying like we can do something else another stream of income cleo there it is
1: yes yes oh yes We will, i will be scheduling us another meeting so we can talk more about that because i know we've been talking about that for a while anyway and i think that's long overdue too so i'm looking forward to that But I want you to share with us, everyone out there listening, how they can connect with you and support you.
0: Yes. If you are in the market or you have friends in the market that are relocating to Nashville, live in Nashville or want to purchase in Nashville, feel free to have them contact me at 615-473-8336. Or you can reach us on our website, Barkley, B-A-R-K-L-E-Y hodges h-o-d-g-s group dot com. you can reach us there or you can reach us on facebook on facebook we're on the barkland hodges group and on instagram we're barkland hodges group as well at barkland hodges group so feel free to reach out we would love to serve the community and one thing i do want to share that we do as a group as a real estate group we all part of our sales proceeds, we give back to this charity called Homes for Homes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If you're not familiar with Homes for Homes, Homes for Homes, they build homes in third, third world countries. I guess you could say third world countries. Uh, I'm not sure if that's politically correct, but in some of the hardest, I guess you could say low income, hard hit areas, for people that don't have homes, and let's be honest, home... As far as real estate, home serves as a community. It serves as a foundation of a family. It serves as a security blanket. So we give part of our proceeds to Homes for Heroes, Homes for Homes. And with Homes for Homes, they can build a house for $3,500 for a family.
1: Mm.
0: And again, it's not a fancy house like we have here in the States, but it is a home that they can lock their doors and don't have to worry about people stealing their stuff or just and through their things like it is a place that's secure to them that they can call home and it's called homes for homes
1: yes i love that i'm always excited about hearing about ways that people and companies are giving back paying it forward and helping other people who are you know less fortunate and may need some help right and you can find
0: it on our website too cleo they go to barclayhodgesgroup.com we actually have a link in there on homes for home
1: okay Great. I'm going to check that out, too, because I I love that kind of stuff. And everyone out there listening, I hope you guys have taken some notes and got some good advice and tips on how you can elevate to your next financial goal when it comes to buying or selling a home and definitely reach out to Ron, connect with him and his company and his partner. So you can find someone that you like, that you vibe with. I know you will vibe with Ron because he's like the best, you know, I mean, who who else is better, you know, and his partner, they're both great at what they do. So if you're in the market for buying or selling a home, or if you know someone, like you said, reach out to him on social media, on the website, or you can call him or if you just have some questions about how to crunch these numbers so you can figure out you know what your next step is definitely reach out and this is the end of the show but before I go I want to as I always do encourage you to just do your best every single day and take it one step at a time and as you navigate through your financial journey don't wonder what if take a risk and have an amazing week.
0: Yo.